The Productive Woman, Episode 233. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me in this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about how to figure out what matters most. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned during the episode all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 233. This episode is brought to you by Blinkist and by FreshBooks. For help in managing your business's finances, try FreshBooks cloud accounting software. Go to freshbooks.com slash woman to start your 30-day all-access free trial. And be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. I'll talk a little more about that later, but right now I want to talk about Blinkist. In today's age, it can be so hard to find the time to sit down and learn more, to sit down and read. You know how I love to read. I talk about books on this show pretty often, but it's not easy when the likes of social media can be so addictive and time consuming. And our days are just full. We have lots of things going on. We're going to talk in this episode about sort of prioritizing things that we're doing. But you may think you don't have time to read a book or to develop or improve yourself. Well, there's an app that I highly recommend that can help, and it's called Blinkist. And they are offering the Productive Woman listeners a free seven-day trial. Blinkist is the only app I know of that takes the best key takeaways, the the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to those key points and learn from the the greatest authors of these nonfiction materials. Blinkist is made for busy people like you and me who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go because you can either read those 15-minute key points or you can listen to them. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help to business, from health to history. I like Blinkist because in less than 15 minutes, it lets me sort of fast track my path to a more intelligent and informed me. I can learn something new and, you know, get the key points from these great thinkers who've written these books. And sometimes, often, get a flavor for a book and decide whether I want to invest the time to read the whole thing. And Blinkist lets you buy the book right from the Blink page, or you can send selections to your Kindle. I like that it lets you highlight the the blinks, they call them, highlight the key points that are interesting to you. And it will link those. If you link those to your Evernote account, it saves my uh, highlights to Evernote. So it's creating a great collection of quotes that are meaningful to me. You can use Blinkist. You can read on your computer, on your phone, or on a Kindle, or you can listen to them because it has this audio feature. When I first tried Blinkist, the first book that I read, the first Blink that I read was for the book, How to Talk to Anyone by an author named, I think it's Lyle, Leal, 
uh, lounges. It's a great book for introverts. One I recommend, it's got great tips on things like how to enter a party or a, a conference reception and connect with new people there. Something that is very hard for me. I got some great ideas from there. I've also read or listened to and encourage you to check out the blinks for becoming Michelle Obama's new book and emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Really good materials quick way to get introduced to the most important takeaways from those books and decide if maybe you want to pick up the full book and read it when you have a chance. Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for the Productive Woman audience. Go to Blinkist.com TPW to start your free seven-day trial and read as many or listen to as many Blinks as you want to during that period. So that's Blinkist, and that's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial, Blinkist.com slash TPW. Give it a try and let me know what you think. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Uh, We talk a lot on this show about making a life that matters and accomplishing what matters. In fact, just last week's episode, we were talking about making a life that matters as you define it and some of the things that maybe get in the way of that. We talk often about intentional living and, and how that's necessary in order to make a life that matters. Uh, living on purpose, choosing intentionally how we spend our time and our energy and our attention. And that's all important part of what this podcast is all about. Over the years, I've often gotten questions from listeners about how do we do that? How do we figure out what matters most when there are so many things available to us, so many commitments we have, we have made or um, things we want to do? How do we figure out what matters most? And interestingly to me, that, that question is often asked almost as if the answer to what matters most is sort of out there somewhere. When in fact, I believe the answer is within us. And I thought it was worth talking about what it means, what it means uh, to make a life that matters, how to, how we figure out what matters most so that we can apply that to our life and actually create a meaningfully productive life. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I want to share some ideas I've had, some things I came across as I was reading about this. I would love to have your feedback on it, your ideas and your input. So uh, we'll talk later on about how you can share your ideas on, on figuring out what matters most, how you're doing that and what works for you. Uh, you can email me at feedback at the productive or share a comment or, or a question or an idea in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at the productive woman.com slash two, three, three. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about this, or I was thinking about this question of how do we figure out what matters in a couple of different contexts, both the big picture of how do we figure out what matters most in our life and also how to figure out what matters most in our day to day in terms of what should I be doing with my time and my energy and attention today, you know, right now at this moment. So uh, that's kind of the context that I'm going to be talking about this in. And again, I'd love to have your, your ideas on this as well. So the big picture, 
When we talk about figuring out what matters most, often it seems like, almost like we want to come up with a list of, of, of what matters most that applies to life in general. And often I see that discussion in terms of figuring out what the priorities are or the roles we play and then ranking them in order of importance. And, and we've, so we've got this list of whatever it is that is important ranked in the order of importance. And we want, want to create that in a way that it'll guide all our decisions going forward. And this has always been something that I've kind of questioned or that hasn't really, for me, doesn't make a lot of sense. I think there's this fallacy that we can rank our priorities, that we can rank our, you know, our, our faith comes first and our, we have to take care of ourselves next and our husband, then our children, then our job or, you know, whatever, whatever the things are that are on the list. I think that, and, and you tell me what you think, but I just think that the idea that we can create a list of priorities ranked in order to govern our lives may not be realistic or practical. And by practical, I mean, what, what does that mean? If we've created this list and what I don't like about it, I'll say is that it seems like it puts important things in competition with each other. Is our husband more important or our children? Is our job more important or is it our family? You know, I don't know that we can put them in a rank order. Uh, Again, tell me if you think differently, if if you found a way that this works for you. But I don't understand what that means. If we've ranked them in order, what does that mean? Does that mean we spend most of our time on the thing that matters most or that we should be? Um, You know, self-care is important and maintaining a strong marriage is important. Uh, those things are high priority. If we don't, if we're not healthy, we can't do a lot of the other things. We've talked about that before. But realistically speaking, at certain stages of our life, our young children require more of our time and our energy and our attention than a lot of other things. Does that mean our kids are more important than our health or our marriage? I don't know. You know, work, if we have a career or a job, Work requires a certain number of hours a week. So so most of us at certain stages of our life spend more time at work than with our families. So does that mean work is more important than our family? Or if we've decided in creating that you know ranked list that family is more important than work, does that mean we have to adjust our time so we spend more time with our family than we do at work? For For most of us, I think, you know, that may not be achievable in a practical sense. So is time the measure of what matters or is it something else? Is it attention? Uh, If that, if if, uh, attention is the measure, that is whatever is the highest ranked should get most of our attention. Does that mean when we're at work, we must, we should be thinking about our family part of the time? We do. I mean, most of us do, but I, I hope you see what I'm trying to get at here. I'm really kind of struggling with these ideas of what it means to create a list of priorities, and I'm using air quotes, and ranking them in order, and deciding which one is most important, and so on. 
I think that there's a real challenge there. And it's something that we struggle with because if we've created that list, but our time and our energy and our attention, the way we spend our days doesn't match up with what we've said the, the, the rank order is, we feel like we've done something wrong. So we'll talk a little more about that in a minute. The other thing is that priority is or historically always had been a singular word. And there's a great article on priority versus priorities, a real short one, I'll put a link in the show notes worth looking at that that mentions how it's only been in the last, you know, 50 years or so 100 years, whatever. um, The concept of having multiple priorities, even existed. Before that, there was there was a priority, not multiple priorities. And so for me, when I think about priority, figuring out what matters, there, there's two components here. We can figure out what matters, and then we have how do we figure out what matters most? And I'm not sure in overall life in general that we can pick one thing that matters most that will always apply in the sense of governing how we use our time. But we'll come back to that. I think the concept of priority of, you know, what's the most important thing is for me more useful in a more limited very kind of specific area. What is the priority right now in this moment? Because in any given moment, we can only do one thing, really, you know, setting aside the whole concept of multitasking. And yes, you can jog and listen to a podcast. So you're sort of doing two things. But you could to be our best to give our best in any given moment we're really only doing one thing and so the question of figuring out what matters and specifically of what matters most really is a question of how do we use our time in a moment in a context i'm sitting at my desk at work i have multiple projects to that need to be completed what is the priority right now? What should I do first? And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute as well. I think when we talk about figuring out what matters, we certainly can look at the big picture and think about overall values and priorities. Again, you know, the multiple uh, or the, the, the plural of that word, the things that matter in our life, and then figure out how to um, effectuate that, those, how to take action on those things in the moment. Uh, but on a day-to-day basis, it's really what matters is to do the next thing, the next right thing. And sometimes the best next thing we can do is an action or an activity that serves more than one of the things that matter most to you. So for instance, serving an excellent healthy meal that you sit down and eat with your family can serve a couple of values, a couple of priorities. It can serve our health and the relationship with our spouse or our kids or whoever we're having the meal with. So that's an example of how sometimes doing the next right thing may serve more than one of the things we value. So figuring out what the next right thing is, figuring out what is the priority for my time, energy, and attention Um, to take action on in this moment 
requires a couple of things. We have to figure that out from moment to moment. It requires an awareness, a conscious choice to be awake and aware of who we are, where we are, what we're actually doing and why we're doing it. Uh, Ryder Carroll in the book, uh, a book I'm reading right now, he he's the, the person who developed the bullet journal method. And he recently came out with a book about that that's called the bullet journal method. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a really interesting book, whether you want to be a bullet journalist or not. But one of the things he said that I uh, underlined as I was reading through is that He says, the rush of our busy lives can quietly carve out a gulf separating our actions from our beliefs. We tend to follow the path of least resistance, even when it leads away from the things we care about. And I thought that was so good. We do in our day-to-day lives, if, especially if we don't take time to think about what matters to us and think about what impact that should have on our actions, we just sort of get into a reactive mode, dealing with whatever presents itself, without really thinking about is this thing I'm doing right now, contributing to the achievement of what matters to me. And so in order to have (laughs) to for action to actually move us forward, we've got to be aware, we've got to be awake and conscious of what we're doing, why we're doing it. Uh, As I said, so many of us are in that reactive mode all the time, dealing with things as they come without really being strategic or living intentionally. Uh, We know and but I'll say it again, anyway, being busy doesn't necessarily equate to being productive. And if we are not conscious and aware and intentional, the things that matter less to us can eat up all our time, leaving no time to think about, much less accomplish what matters most to us. The fact is, if we can't do it all, and we can't, most of us can't, if we, and let me put it this way, if we can't do it all and be content and at peace and satisfied with our results, then we need to make choices about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so figuring out what matters is really the why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Are we doing it just because it's there in front of us or are we being intentional about it? So talking about, um, Oh, you know, the, the, how to determine the priority of tasks. So let's, before we get back into kind of the big picture of how do we figure out what matters to us for our life, let's, let's maybe talk about some practical approaches to determining what matters right now. What should I be doing right now? Of all the possible things I could be doing with my time, what should I be doing? Uh, if, if I've got a long list of things, uh, tasks on my to-do list that need to get done, how do I decide which one to do first since I can't do them all at the same time? And there are a lot of different approaches to doing that. And I'll share some links in the show notes to some articles that summarize these and describe these uh, in more detail. But a couple that I would throw out there, if you're in a situation, whether it's at work or at home, and you've got you know, a list of things to do and you feel a little overwhelmed and aren't sure where to start, there is a a sort of strategic way to evaluate those and make a decision. Sometimes you just pick one and start doing it, knowing that, you know, 
the rest of them will still be there. And when I get this one done, I move on to the next one. But if you want to be more thoughtful about it, more strategic about it, there are some techniques out there that, that have been helpful to some people. One of them that comes to mind is the, what's called the Eisenhower matrix. And this, in this approach, you rank tasks or commitments or, you know, whatever you can use this, this matrix in a lot of contexts, but talking about just trying to decide what thing to do next, you can rank these uh, potential tasks in four quadrants. Tasks are either urgent and important. They're urgent, but not important. They're important, but not urgent, or they're neither urgent nor important. And one article uh, that I read, and I'll, I'll have the link in the show notes, this, this article is called The Everything is Important Paradox, Seven Practical Methods for How to Prioritize Work. It's a very good link in the show notes. Definitely check this out if this is something you want to get better at or get some more strategies for. And so in this article, the, the recommendation is for those things that are both urgent, that is, they need to be done soon, both urgent and important, the article says we do these tasks as soon as possible. The tasks that are in the important but not urgent quadrant, make a decision about when you're going to do those things because they're important. They don't need to be done right now, but they do need to be done. So decide when you're going to do them and schedule it, get it on your calendar, make a plan for when you're going to do those things. For those things that are urgent that, you know, somebody's pressing you for it or whatever, but they're not really important. Uh, this article recommends you delegate those tasks to someone else, something that needs to be done right away, but not really important. They're not key to your job. Delegate those to somebody else. And finally, for those, those tasks that are neither urgent nor important, the article recommends drop these from your schedule as soon as possible. The article kind of shows the quadrant or the, how this works, uh, when I'm talking about quadrants, you basically create a, a square and divide it into four, four quadrants and you put things in each, in each task in one of those quadrants. So it's a very, it's a visual kind of representation of where these things fit. Um, and if I think it's a good exercise to do with how you're spending your time. And if you're spending a, a lot of your time doing those things that are in that not urgent, neither urgent nor important quadrant, uh, maybe it's time to rethink those, get those out of your schedule so that you can move your attention to the things that are, are more important, both urgent and important. Uh, so that's one approach to determining how to prioritize tasks. Another one is the, what's called the Ivy Lee method. And this, this is from the same article. I mean, I've heard about it in many places, but the same article will kind of explain the background of this, but the way it works is, and this was developed by a consultant many, many, many years ago, decades ago. And he recommends this at the end of each workday, and so this, whether your work is in an office or in a store or at home or whatever, at the end of each workday, write down the six most important things you need to accomplish tomorrow. Decide it then and don't write down more than six tasks. And then Ivy Lee recommended prioritize those six items in order of their true importance. And the, the, the method goes into more detail about understanding that. Third step is when you arrive at work the next day, concentrate only on the first task, work on it until it's finished before you move on to the next one. 
fourth step is to approach the rest of your list the same way. So you do tell you've, you've identified the tasks, you've rated them in order of importance. When you start work the next day, you do number one, you focus on that and nothing else until that's done. Then you move to number two, so on down the list. At the end of the day, you move any unfinished items to a new list of six tasks for the following day. And you repeat that process every working day. And so that's the method. This article says limiting yourself to six tasks or less each day creates a constraint that forces you to prioritize properly and then stay focused by single tasking your way through the list. So that's an approach to take when you have tons of stuff coming at you where you're going to sit down and be really thoughtful about what are just the six or fewer tasks that you're going to do the next day and avoid the multitasking. A third approach maybe would be uh, to do a brain dump. You know, you've got, if you're overwhelmed with too many tasks, do a brain dump with a pen and paper and list everything you need to do. And then take a step back and ask yourself, if you, of all those things that are on the list, you can only do one at a time, right? If you could only do one of those things, which one would you do? Say an emergency arose and you have to leave town and that leaves you with time to do only one thing on that list. What's it going to be? Another version of that is Gary Keller's question in his book, The One Thing, and he calls it the focusing question. Of all the things that you could be doing, he puts it this way. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. That's a great way to look at it. Of all these things, what's the one thing that may basically that would make the biggest difference that would knock a bunch of other things off the list or make them easier to do. And there's an article where that talks about this and it's from the one thing blog. I'll put a link in the show notes where they go into more detail about that. So those are just a few ways that we can figure out what matters most in terms of the tasks we need to do from moment to moment. How do we then get into figuring out what matters most in the big picture? Uh, what matters most in life. And uh, there are lots of ways to evaluate this. We'll talk about a few questions we can ask ourselves. I think that if, if you had to pick one thing uh, to figure out what matters most in the big picture for your life, I think maybe one way to articulate it would be being your authentic self living a life consistent with your truest values probably matters more than anything else. If we want to be the kind of person, um, we, you know, that, that we want, that we can respect and, and admire and be proud of, we've got to be ourselves. If we want to bring the, make the greatest contribution to the world, we have to do it from that place of authenticity of consistency with our own values. Now, I always, you know, when I think of this idea of being authentic, I don't think that means uh, that that's an excuse to be selfish or cruel or unkind. I think we can be our truest, most authentic self without crushing the other people around us. But that's, you know, just I throw that out there because I have seen situations where people feel like being authentic means they have to just say whatever comes into their mind, no matter how much it hurts somebody else. I think there's got to be some 
aware, awareness there and some, you know, balance. I think authenticity doesn't necessarily mean selfishness or cruelty. I'll just leave it at that. But I think it's a challenge to figure out what that means. Who is your authentic self? And what are the truest values that can guide your choices and your actions? So much of what we do is based on um, beliefs that we're not even aware of things that we've just grown up believing is the truth. So it can make it hard to dig through that, to even bring it up to a conscious level so we can evaluate and figure out, do those beliefs that I'm basing my choices on actually serve me anymore? Do I believe those things consciously if I think about it? So when it comes to figuring out what matters most, and I'm, I should preface all this with saying, I don't, I don't know that I think this is easy. I think this is a lifelong challenge. It's a lifelong journey to figuring out what matters uh, overall and at this stage of our life and at this moment. But there are questions we can ask ourselves to try and get to the bottom of that, to evaluate what really matters to you. So maybe spend some time journaling these things or at least thinking about them. And so one of them that came to my mind is how do you want to feel? And why do you want to feel that way? And I mean, generally, emotions come and go. They're all okay. But overall, if you were trying to imagine how in general you want to feel about yourself and your life, what would that be? That might help you identify what's important to you. If you want to feel secure, then maybe a good job with a steady income is a high priority for you. It's something that really matters. But think about how you want to feel and why and what things in your life contribute to feeling that way and which things in your life um, detract from that. Do you want to feel at peace? That may help you make different choices about how to spend your time than if you want to feel energized or uh, accomplished. So think about that and find the words that describe the feeling you would like to have about your life. Another question to ask yourself about what really matters or to help you identify what really matters is how do you want to be remembered by friends, by family, by coworkers? What would you like them to say about you and why? Really thinking deeply about that and honestly and writing down your answers. One article I read called Knowing What Matters to You Instead of Living by Default on the Tiny Buddha blog had a really great question to ask yourself. Uh, And and again, I'll have a link to this article in the show notes because it's worth reading. And so that writer asks, what were you created for? What is your mission in life? What is your passion? You were put on this earth for a reason and knowing that reason will help you determine your priorities something, something to answer. And the answers for the, all these questions are going to be different for you than they will be for me. These are just some questions to get you thinking about and kind of narrowing down what matters most. Another question that came to me is uh, to help you identify what matters most to you. Think about who are the people you admire and why, what do you admire about them and why? And so they, this may be people, you know, personally, or just people you've seen, you know, public figures out in the world. So, you know, if, if when you ask yourself, who do I admire, 
And what do I admire about her or him? For instance, if you admire your best friend, what is it you admire about her? Do you admire her achievements in her career? Do you admire how she keeps her home, her sense of style, how she always remembers her friend's birthdays, her sense of humor? What, you know, what are the things really pinned down? What is it that I admire about my best friend? And write those things down. If it's a celebrity or an author or a politician or uh, some other public figure, that you admire? What do you admire about her or him? Is it the philanthropic causes that she pursues? Is it her talent? Is it her boldness? Is it the way she speaks about what the things that are important to her? I try to be real specific about what it is you admire and then ask yourself, why do I admire those things? And how could I incorporate those things into my own life? That may help you uh, identify what's most important, what matters to you. Another idea that I saw that is so good, um, and th- this goes to the idea of the goals that we pursue, why they matter, and why we, sh- how we could keep ourselves going. Uh, and this came from that uh, One Thing blog article that I mentioned earlier uh, that I'll link to in the show notes. And here, here's one of the things it said. They talk about the five whys. And the article says, if you've had trouble defining what really motivates you, the thing that will get you out of bed at the crack of dawn, that will sustain you through the ups and downs life throws at us, try the five whys. Start with a current situation in your life and ask yourself why five times. You might be surprised at the final answer, or you might realize that you've known the answer all along and simply needed a structured way to think about it. And they point out in some cases, five times might not be enough. If you're not satisfied with the fifth answer, keep asking. And so maybe to identify what really matters, to get to the bedrock of your values and your priorities, maybe try doing this for one of your goals. Because we've talked in the past about how No, we need to know our why in order to keep going towards our goals. Why is that a goal for us? Uh, And really getting to to understanding our why is the secret to keep going. And so the article gives an example of if you had a goal of, I want to own my own business. And so they ask the five whys, you keep asking yourself why. So why do I want to own my own business? The answer might be, it'll allow me to have greater control over how I spend my time. And then, so then why do you want to have greater control over how you spend your time? Um, And the answer might be, so I can have more flexibility in my life. Well, why do I want to have more flexibility in my life? Um, I'll be able to work from home. Uh, why do I, why do I want to be able to work from home? Well, maybe it's because I want to be able to spend more time with my son or daughter. Well, why do I want to spend more time with my son or daughter? Because supporting my family is the most important thing to me. And maybe that's the root cause of your motivation. So that's an example of how you can use this, the five whys to really get to what matters most about something in your life, a goal you're pursuing or whatever. Overall, I think it's important to have certain things in our life in order to be able to figure out what matters. Knowing our why, knowing what matters is what's going to be the difference between accomplishing the things we care about and not, right? 
And so I think there are certain things we need to have in our life, in our personality, in our self, in order to be able to figure out what matters. I think figuring out what matters requires a certain amount of silence and solitude. There is so much noise in our lives, so many people speaking into our lives, both in person and through books and TV and, you know, media of all kinds. Our days are so full that often we don't find, we can't seem to find time to think, to consider, to evaluate, to hear our own hearts. And every one of us, in order to live a life consistent with our values, needs to make time to think deeply about what exactly it is that we value. We can't live a life that's consistent with our values if we don't know what we value. And we can't know what we truly value if we don't take the time to think about it and separate out what's in our heart from what's coming at us from the outside. So we need some amount of silence and solitude. We need in order to figure out what matters, some a level of discernment and self-awareness to understand where the ideas are coming from that we're struggling with, the things that we're trying to incorporate into our lives, the things we met that matter or that we think matter. Are those things based on lessons we absorbed as a child about what's true in life? We need discernment to recognize the underlying beliefs we've developed and to know truly whether they still serve us and whether we can act on them. We need courage in order to figure out what matters. Courage to tune out the noise, to really listen to our own hearts and to the voices of the people who matter most to us, and then to make choices about what to do based on our truest values, even if other people aren't doing what we think is most important. We need courage to live our own authentic life after we've figured out what that means. We need honesty in order to figure out what matters. We need a willingness to admit that the life we now have is the result of choices we've made in the past. And we need honesty to acknowledge that when certain choices and activities and ideas and beliefs are no longer serving us. If our and this goes back to sort of the silence and solitude. If our days are so full that there never is time to think, can we be honest about why we've created a life that's that full that allows for no time to think? The choice is always ours. And and we need to be, I guess, honest about that, that we choose. Uh, we always have a choice about how we're spending our time, our attention, and our energy, There are consequences to the choices we make, but the choice is still ours. Are we filling every moment because we truly want it that way? And if so, that's great. But on the other hand, are we filling our days with events and activities and, and, you know, filling every moment because we define our worth based on how much we do, or maybe because we're afraid of what thoughts will come into our mind if we allow even a few minutes for silence. Our culture these days, at least in the United States, Western culture is very afraid of silence, very afraid of solitude. We've talked about some of that in the past. And is that the case if if your days are filled so that you can't make any time to think about what matters to you? I guess some honesty is needed about why that's the case. 
when you have committed to these principles, to making space to think about what matters most, to exercise discernment and self-awareness, to understand where the, th- the thoughts are coming from that are driving our actions, the courage to turn out the noise, to listen to our hearts and make choices based on what we, uh, what we value most once we figured out what that is and the honesty to really know, to, to admit why we're doing what we're doing and what we need to do if, if we're not happy with the results, what we need to do to make a change. Once you've committed to those principles and you've started to identify what matters to you, of course, you need to let those values guide your actions knowing what matters won't get us very far if we take no action on it. So make a plan for when and how you'll make changes if necessary, just one small change at a time to make sure that your life reflects what matters most to you. Once you've identified what that is, and that I think, as I've said, is a lifelong process for this season in your life. When you figured out what matters most to you, take that action make the life that matters based on what, what matters most to you, because the choice is always yours. So those are my thoughts on this. I wonder what you think. I really would uh, be interested in hearing how you have come to develop the priorities and the values that you're basing your life on. Has it been a conscious choice or just a continuous living out of what you've learned over the years. How do you, how have you done that? How are you, how do you figure out both in the big picture, how to direct your life, but also in the small, uh, you know, the day to day, how to decide among competing activities or competing tasks, how to decide what matters most and take action on it. I really would like to hear from you on that. You can share your ideas on this, your questions, your thoughts in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 233. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, let's have this conversation there. Uh, I think we can share a lot of ideas and we can all learn from it. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode or anything else for that matter with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Before we go, a quick word about our sponsor, FreshBooks. Those of you who have started or who are maintaining your own small business, you know how many pieces there are to making and keeping it successful. It's more than just creating the product or delivering the service that you launched the business around. There's a whole lot more to it that there's, there's business development, finding and keeping clients or customers. There's managing the help you need, whether those are employees or independent contractors, there's making sure you're complying with the laws. And, and of course there's managing the finances, paying the bills, getting paid by your clients or customers, taking care of taxes, tracking your hours, all of those things all the things that you need to do to keep a business successful can and and does often result in the entrepreneur or small business owner working very long hours, burning the candle at both ends, and maybe not enjoying the business as much as they wanted to. So are there ways to make things a little easier? 
there are. And one of them is out there from our friends at FreshBooks who have a solution, at least for managing the finances part. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. And it's simple and intuitive and keeps you organized. You can create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds, customized to use your business's brand and colors. And then with their automated online payment system that you can set up in seconds, you can get those invoices paid uh, up to twice as fast. You can file your expenses quicker and you can keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is on my mind because that's coming up here in the United States. The best part about FreshBooks is that it grows alongside your business. So the tools are there ready for you when you need them and you don't have to become an expert in accounting. So join the 24 million people, including me, who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days. There's no catch, no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com woman. Be sure you enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section to get started on your 30-day free trial and see how FreshBooks can help you manage your business finances more effectively, more efficiently, and get back to the parts of your business that you actually enjoy. Also, don't forget, if you want to take action on your personal learning and growth, but find yourself not making time to read, don't forget to visit Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial of Blinkist to get the key points from some of the best nonfiction books out there. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW to start that free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash TPW. And thank you so much to Blinkist and to FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am grateful to you for spending this time with me. I don't take it for granted that you take time out of your day to listen to me and to engage with the content that I'm putting out there. I hope you feel like it was worthwhile. I hope you found something in this episode that is helpful to you, that encourages you, that motivates you, that gives you an idea that you can put into practice in your own life. I'd love to hear from you if that's the case. Tell me how I can make this podcast more useful, more valuable, more helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, Laugh and succeed at noodle.mx.